Iowa everywhere. Um, we'd love to tell you what this podcast is about, but the truth is, we don't know. The CW Pod, at home on Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. Mike Palm is going to be stopping by here at Circa. And basically what I'm going to be doing is giving you guys like my general college football preview for the upcoming season. Obviously, we're going to come at this from a sports betting perspective as we are here at the sports betting capital of the world in Vegas. I'm going to give you my buys. I'm going to give you my sells, my win totals. What I'm liking as we head into the 2023 season. We will also do some NFL as well as we are here. This is awesome. The basically it's they're calling it the contest weekend here at Circa for the biggest contest in all of Vegas. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. So Hassel and I are gonna have entries into Circa Million and Circa Survivor that you guys were going to be able to follow along with all year long on two guys named Chris. Uh, million, so Survivor is pretty, it's pretty basic. You pick a team and you see how long you can go. Um, I'm just so like pissed at myself. I was in like a one with buddies last year and I went 19 and 0. Which you're like, why are you mad at that? That's a great thing. Yeah, because I can't do it again. I'll I'm, Now that I'm in the big dogs, I'm going to be out in week three. I can just feel it. Nonetheless, um, fired up for that. And then Millions is the cool one where you go and you pick five games against the spread every single week. And you get, there's like quarterly prizes and there's annual prizes and, and it's pretty sweet. So we're going to see where Hassel and I rank as we're doing this together with some of the best sports bettors in the entire world. You can follow along all season long on Two Guys Named Chris. We are in the Channel Seed Studios out here in beautiful Las Vegas. And what's funny is I brought intern Aiden with me, and he had never really been to Vegas before. So I took intern Aiden. He wanted to go and, like, see the Strip, and I, I convinced him that the Strip sucks within about 15 minutes. Aiden will never want to go to the Strip again. Circuit till I die. <laughs> Thank you very much, Aiden. It's a pain in the ass. We It was the craziest deal ever. So we're here in the desert, and there was like a monsoon last night. It was ridiculous. i never seen anything like it. They're like people like died last night down on the strip. They got washed away in the flood. Did you hear about that? I did, yeah. We were in the middle of it. We survived. We got the hell out of there uh, when that when We that like started. just missed the hard stuff, though. Yeah, like people almost, people died last night. I'm not leaving uh, Fremont Street the rest of the time. So this is how today is going to go. I've got my buys. I've got my sells. And I've got four teams that I'm stumped by. Now, I wanted to bring in my main man, Chad Leistico, to help me with some of these Big Ten teams. You can hear him on the Legends and Listeners podcast each and every week with Scott Docterman from The Athletic. I've got a lot of Big 12 plays here and then just some general stuff that I'll probably try and pick Mike Palm. Mike Palm's a world-class handicapper. and We get 
complete access to them whenever we want here in Iowa everywhere, which is pretty sweet. Chad Lysko, what's up, brother? How are you, my friend? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Am I, am I sounding okay? Yeah, yeah. You, you're okay. okay. You're a little uh, – we got to figure out my audio here, but can you hear me okay? You good? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome, man. Um, listen, so I've got three Big Ten teams that I need to run through with you. And it is, um, first of all, I, there's one at the end that I, I heard you and Dr. Min have a phenomenal conversation about, um, which, which is Wisconsin. We're going to get to them last because I think that they're really fascinating. But let, let's, start, let's start with Michigan. 15 starters back, playoff team. Their number here at Circa is at 11. Now, I've also seen it at 10 and a half, but I was doing some power rating work with Michigan mm-hmm. on my flight yesterday. They're a two touchdown favorite in all but two games this year. They'll be favored in the other two as well, Penn State and Ohio State. I mean, the way I see Michigan, isn't the worst case scenario at 11 a push? Like they're not going to go 10 and two, are they? I like the under, Chris. Whoa! I'm pretty strong on the under this year, actually. I think that I think they might. I think that people's perception of Michigan is it's rightfully high, um, and I voted them number three in the AP tw- top twenty-five poll. So I'm not I'm not down on them, but they've had two great games, basically two great games the last two years. Obviously, when it counted against Ohio State, but can they do it a third time? I don't know. They're at Penn State this year. You love you look, Penn State. I kind of like Penn State. Yeah, yeah. I think because I think they got a great defense, and I think their quarterbacks to be better than Sean Clifford. This uh, Drew Aller, I think he's going to be better. Uh, supposedly, it's the best offensive line James Franklin's had. So I lean over on Penn State and under on Michigan, which obviously, hmm. which obviously comes down to that Michigan Penn State game, which I think is like a two and a half point line right now. Michigan's favored, something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's I had it like one slightly. to three. It, it yeah. depends on the power ratings you use. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm not to filibuster on Michigan, but uh, they have an easy home schedule. So I can see how you can get to 11 in a heartbeat. So let's give them 7 and 0, okay, at home. Okay. I, I have, or I'm 6 and 0 at home. I'm sorry, before Ohio State. Let's not count Ohio State. Here are their five road games, and then they host Ohio State. So there's okay. these are these are six games. I feel like. I feel like these are tricky. At Nebraska, that's their first road game of the year. Harbaugh's first road game. Yeah, I know. At Minnesota, that's the next week. Yeah. Flex tough, man. A couple weeks later, at Michigan State. They suck. I know they suck, but that rivalry, man, (laughs) crazy stuff happens in that game. You saw it two years ago. Yeah. Uh, And then their last two road games are at Penn State, at Maryland. Maryland's supposed to be decent this year, and then they host Ohio State. So I'm just saying, I I like the odds of them losing two of those games. So I go under. Interesting. I kind of feel like part of me, Chad, is like this is Harbaugh's last stand. Mm-hmm. He's got the NCAA breathing down his neck. He's been trying to get all these NFL jobs. Yeah. It, it just like part. It's like feels like this guy's going to just push everything into the middle of the table this year. I'm a Harbaugh honk. I love Harbaugh. So I know. I know. I I just think he's so great. Like he the guy just wins everywhere. He's at 
San Diego. He's at the 49. Wherever he goes, he freaking won at Stanford, for God's sake. Like, the guy's phenomenal. I know. I could be, you know. They eked by Illinois last year. They eked by Maryland Maryland last year. You're everyone right. Just, everyone just remembers Ohio State. They've gotten slaughtered in the playoff. Well, not slaughtered by TCU, but they look, they were outplayed in the playoff, right? So, And they got slaughtered by Georgia the year before. I don't know. All right. So you just so we disagree on Michigan. There's yeah. some books that have a ten and a half there. I love it there. I just I go under I, on ten and a half too, but Wow. Okay. All right. There you go. Well so this is why I wanted to bring a guy like Chad on, because don't just go with my opinions here, <laughs> folks. Like that's not a so what about Illinois? Because yeah. Circa has this number at it's six and a half. Let me tell you what I like about Illinois is they know exactly what they are. They remind me of a young Kirk Ferentz, Iowa. And there's clearly uh, Brett Bielema has a literal tiger hawk on his leg. Because um, you could look at Illinois and you could say you got to replace good quarterback, elite running back. You got all this stuff. But I don't, I just don't feel like that's what the team is built off of in skill players. They're all about the trenches. And they're going to be really good up front on both sides of the ball. Their number is six and a half. I just don't think losing skill positions is a big deal for them. And and here's the key to me when you try and get the seven for Illinois. Northwestern is a gimme now, and Purdue might be for them. We'll see. Uh, Purdue's probably a team that I, I should put on my stump list because I, I don't know if it's just as automatic as, oh, they're just going to suck now. Um, but, like, I, I feel like Illinois just – I like teams, if you're not one of those elite talent teams, right, and both the teams we cover in Iowa, Iowa State would be considered this too. I like the ones that know exactly what they are and what they're trying to do. There's no question to me what Brett Bielema is trying to build at Illinois, and it mimics a lot of what we've seen in Iowa City for the last 20 years. So I'm going to play the over six and a half for Illinois. I think they can be a consistent seven and five type of team. Yeah, uh, that's my best bet in the Big Ten, Chris. So we're on the same yes. page here. Okay, over, I love it. Over six and a half. I've actually got him winning eight games this year. I think uh, the I think the the part where people are leery is because you look at their first two non conference games, and those are tricky. Uh, Toledo is one of the top group of five teams. They play them first, and then they're at Kansas, who you know is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that that's a tough start. Uh, I actually had him splitting that that. Uh, set or pair, I guess, <laughs> and uh, still going eight and four. So, um, yeah, I like uh, – so they have – they're really good in their front seven on defense, which is huge in the Big Ten West. Uh, that's uh, that's where they're built. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't think their quarterback play was that good last year, so I'm not too worried about the quarterback play. Luke Altmeyer comes in from Old Miss. He's won the job for them. Uh, tr- another transfer. Six out of the seven Big Ten West quarterbacks are transfers. Um and then their schedule is is not not bad. They don't get Ohio State. They don't get Michigan. Nope. They ho- they host Penn State. So the toughest one they have in the East, they host. I, I could see Penn State losing that game. That's week three. Um, and then the other two are Maryland, Indiana. You know, that's the other crossover. So the schedule is not super daunting. Um, they get Wisconsin at home. They get Nebraska at home. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think they could be a dark horse Big Ten West pick. To be, you know, and and they're they're going to be good in the trenches, like you said. So that's you can count on that with Bielema. 
they feel like one of the tricky teams for Iowa. If yeah. I'm if I'm looking at Iowa's number, like that, that feels like one of those games where it's just you can't really like pencil a win. Like I just I think that Illinois, because again, like I think for Iowa fans, you just got to think of it like this: they're trying to do what you did forever, mm-hmm. and just ugly the game up. And I also too, I've been talking to a lot of these guys around here at Circa today about the clock, you know, and how much these new rules are gonna. I I think Chad, these teams. And and I'm fascinated to see what happens with Iowa because you've got that ridiculous 25-point thing. You've got a new quarterback, so it feels like they're going to – but I I feel like the teams that really want to suck the life out of the ball are going to be able to do that. And I think think it's really interesting with Iowa State too because you look at this, like all the guys that are out, and you still have this elite defense. If I'm Matt Campbell, I'm not snapping it until the last second – you know, I'm I am shortening these games as much as possible, and now these new rules just feels like these teams that want to do that are really going to be able to exploit it. That's interesting. I wonder uh, while you're out there, you should ask you should ask Mike Palm. Actually, like, do you think unders unders early in the season will be a good play with people not quite thinking about the new rules? You know, there could because isn't it going to shorten the game by about ten plays, something like that? Yeah. I mean that's a lot. That's like a drive. So yeah, yeah, uh, at least a drive. So in Iowa's case, that's three drives. <laughs> no so, kidding. Iowa's only so, going to get the ball like three <laughs> times in a game now. So, uh, so anyway, that little little side question there while you're in Vegas. But but I agree. Uh, the last two games of the season for Iowa are tricky. So if you, I know I don't know if we're going to talk about Iowa's over yeah. under, which is eight eight and a half. Yeah, we but, can do that. But. Uh, the Illinois at home and Nebraska on the road to finish, I feel like is a, I don't know. I think you got to like, there'd be a lot to sweep those two. Uh, I think you almost got to factor in a split there. So, Iowa is currently, uh, I just printed these off, the Circa win totals, the updated numbers. Iowa's at eight and a half with a little juice on uh, the under at minus 125 now, the over at plus 105, which is interesting. And I wonder if the Noah Shannon thing at all, and I, not that that should impact the line that much, but that's eight and a half in, with juice to the, with plus money to the over is kind of surprising to me with Iowa right now because it, it feels like more people are leaning over on them. Yeah, it does. Uh, it actually, you know, this line kind of opened uh, seven and a half pretty much a couple months ago or whatever. So it's kind of inched its way up. Um, I do think, you know, we're on Iowa everywhere here. I think the Iowa State, you know, game, I'm not saying like that's solidly in Iowa's column at all, but I think people look at that now as more of a, you know, that is more likely an Iowa win than it was before. Yeah, I think Iowa I, the, State. It, it changed. I mean, Iowa State was a favorite when that game first yeah. came out, and they'll, they'll be three to six-point underdog now to Iowa, I would think. Yeah, I, th- I thought I saw a two and a half recently, but maybe it's a little higher. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not an automatic win at all for Iowa, but I think people are viewing it more so, oh, they could win that game. And then they beat Western Michigan. They're 3-0. and Yeah, they could get to nine. So I do have Iowa going nine and three. But, I mean, I would be just eight and a half. I would just be a little sketchy on that. I feel a lot better at eight <laughs> just because you can get that push for the typical mm-hmm. eight and four Iowa season. But, um you know, and, and I would, I mean, I would just wait out to see if Cade McNamara, you know, but wait to week one to see what his status is for sure. 
Okay, um, I was going to go there before we get to Wisconsin because Wisconsin's fascinating to me. Wisconsin, my, they're the team I'm obsessed with going into the season with this, like, going from... You're always the, obsessed with them. Well, I am, but they're doing the air raid now, and it's just like, it, it is, I got to see what this is going to be. But the, the, what the hell's going on with McNamara? Because it's been like, I, I'm seeing all these different reports. It's like, he's probable, and then no, he's questionable. And what, I mean, I know they're not being honest with us because college football coaches are never honest about injuries. I'm not oblivious to this. Do you think he'll play in week one, I guess? Uh, so I think he will play. However, uh, and Kirk Ferentz said he was really optimistic that he would play week one. I, I think I, I was the one that asked him that directly, that he was really optimistic. But then later I asked him, like, well, he's, you know, would he tough it out regardless or whatever? He's like, yeah, but uh, he said something about like you know Mother Nature kind of plays a role, so I don't feel like he's out of the woods yet. Basically, reading okay. the tea leaves there, so I think we just got to wait and see what you know. Does Cade McNamara show up on Tuesday uh, for media? I think my suspicion is here's my suspicion, Chris, and uh, nine days out now till kickoff is that Iowa coaches are probably having a lot of conversation about. Hey, can we beat Utah State with Deacon Hill yeah. and just give Cade an extra week of rest? Because he really, I mean, the the thrust of the season begins week two, right, against Iowa. I mean, you have to beat Utah State. Iowa's favored by, I think, 24, 25. Um, you have to beat Utah State, obviously. You can't overlook that. You can't, you can't leave a Cade McNamara healthy on the table. But I just want – I think that's probably – a legitimate conversation at this point if he's not quite 100% because you want him to be 100% pretty much from week two on. <laughs> well, and it, it is interesting, too, because it Iowa State, like, there's not much expectation in names, but you know they're going to have a good defense. Yeah, for sure. You can't put Deacon Hill out there against Iowa State. So, so yeah, and it, my other question would be, too, it's just like how locked in is McNamara because he's he's missed a lot of practice here the last week and a half. And mm -hmm. there's also an aspect of, like, clearly you need him in that game. But, you, man, it'd be good for him to get some reps in week one, right? Like, I don't know if I mm -hmm. want to put a brand-new quarterback timing-wise and stuff where his first start's there in, the, in that game. That's That's tricky as well. No, absolutely, and and again, I mean, it's it's a fascinating conversation, isn't it? Because you can also, as a coach, you can think, "Wow, it would be so nice to get get him that extra week of rest for the whole season." If I just knew we were going to win against yeah. Utah State, you know, yeah. and then limit the injury risk for Cade in in week one. So if he goes out there, you know, his quads wrapped up tight, and maybe he tweaks it again. Oh man, if he's out another three weeks. Then you're missing the Iowa State game and the Penn State game. And you know he doesn't want to miss that whiteout game at Penn State. No. So, um, especially because that's the Big Ten opener. And he's got big plans, I mean, to get to the Big Ten championship game. So I don't know. I, I think it's a fascinating conversation. I, I think he could definitely play. It, it, maybe not definitely. He could definitely play if it was like the Big yeah. Ten championship game, something like that. But I think there's – I think we just need to wait and see for sure. Uh, and even if Farron says I'm really optimistic he could play, doesn't mean he will play, right? So, yeah, they're all liars. All these coaches <laughs> just lie. 
<laughs> I had a couple of coaches that's getting back. Apparently, I've been calling coaches liars the last couple. It's the truth. Like, I don't understand these fans and these media guys. That it's like, well, the coach said that they lie. That's what they. This is what they do. It's like, oh, the 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 Big Twelve commissioner said that he's not interested in more. Exp- yeah, he's lying to you. All these people, they just lie. Um, that's what we're here for. We're trying to figure out who's telling the truth. Right? Like, that's literally why we exist. True. All right. Can Very we true. talk about Wisconsin? Yeah. I mean, I just – let me find their number here. What's the updated number at Circa? Yeah, let's check it out. Elite coach, right? We we all have faith that Luke Fickle's going to do a good job. Eight and a half right now. Major juice on the over. You want to play the over on Wisconsin at Circa – you got to lay 150 right now. No, I would not do it. Plus 130 on the under. So you're getting a lot of value there. Uh, they're begging you to, to go over. Um, yeah. So I am shocked at how many of these sharp guys out here are pounding Wisconsin in the over. Really? They're sharp ones, that sharp, sharp guys yeah. pounding, huh? Anyway. I'm shocked. Like, I. I just know too much about the air raid. I've studied it for a decade, and it takes a while. I know their quarterback can do it. I'm not. There's no doubt in my mind on the quarterback. The the thing with the air raid, it's all about timing with like the receivers and the line, and, and that, that that's what the entire thing is based on. Now the good thing is their schedule sucks early. Like it's not a good schedule. Like they they should be able to win some of these games. But I just like for them to just be like, yeah, they're gonna go. Nine and three, they've completely revamped everything. There's no continuity from one year to the next. I, I don't know. But again, then I look at their schedule and it's like, yeah, I could totally see them sneaking into this. Where you now, you had them. I was listening to Legends and Listeners, and you're higher on them than Doctorman is, right? But you still don't seem to be that high on them. Where do you come down on them? Because again, I just I don't know. Like, and then I look at like them in Iowa, it's like, yeah, I like it because it's in Madison, but. I, I certainly like trust Iowa's defense and their special teams and all that stuff. Like I think they're more solid than Wisconsin is right now. You're going into like year fifty of Kirk Ferentz compared to year one and a new guy. Like I would give it to Iowa right now. I think. Yeah, it's uh, so I picked Wisconsin to go. Not preface it by saying I picked Wisconsin to go nine and three. Now this was about a month ago when I did my Big Ten picks. I will say, Chris. Here in Iowa, I'm looking at the Circa app right now, and it uh, the over-under on Wisconsin is over 9 is plus 105. They have it Oh, nine. wow. So it's interesting okay. in, in the state of Iowa right now. The And then the under is, is a minus 125 at 9. So I like that under there. I okay. would take that if you're in Iowa. I would lean that way. I don't, like, love it because uh, they're probably going to start 5-0, and oh, <laughs> so you're not going to be feeling that great. No. Uh, early on. And then they uh, – and then they get host Iowa. So that if you really like Iowa and you think Iowa's going to go into Madison and win that game, then then maybe lean toward the under. Um, but I'm I'm kind of I'm leaning under because just because there's so much love for Wisconsin and, and I don't I don't know if it's quite earned yet. I mean they were pretty average last year. Now I know they brought in a new quarterback, new coach, all that, but that. You know, brand new offensive coordinator. Rarely does that just click, like you said, Phil Longo. No. You know, very, very capable. Now they have a great running back in Braylon Allen, and supposedly they're going to run it just as much as they pass it. 
So, well, we'll and see. that's air raid. You do run like that. That's mm-hmm. but it's all based on timing again. And like the guys that are left over, it's like you're going from one extreme to the next. And I get it. They've been practicing, but man, when you start to see live, you know, live bullets there when the season like it's it's different. Like you look at the great air raid teams that kind of started off it took it takes them half a year to now i think by the time iowa rolls in there i mean that i'd rather play that team early yeah then later i just i think it's iowa's division i really do but man now this mcnamara thing's terrifying to me if i'm an iowa fan though chad like it's not like he's the most nimble guy of all time right the fact that he's already having injury problems is just terrifying but we'll see. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and they, the depth behind him right now is not good. So, um, so yeah, if, if he's, if he's out for any stretch, they're going to be in trouble. And then, um, yeah, that Wisconsin line. I mean, that at Illinois game to me is kind of like I'm high on Illinois. So, you know, sort of like the Michigan Penn state thing, like you can kind of go double up, you know, over Penn state under Michigan, over Illinois, under Wisconsin and bank on those two results. They need more of these divisional games. I, I I don't see division odds right here, but Illinois plus five thousand to win the Big Ten. Um, I don't obviously don't think that they'll win the league, but I would like to see if if you could find a line on them to win the Big Ten. West. I'll see what I, I think, can find. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Chad, thanks, brother. We, your guys' show is freaking awesome. I listened to it on the plane yesterday. Uh, it's I uh, feel so lucky that you guys are hanging out with us here and that their friends at the register and the athletic are letting you guys have a little fun yeah. with us. So anything we can do to help you guys, you, you let us know. And thanks for your time here. This is great. Thanks buddy. And Hey, my big 12 best bet. Let me know if, if you like this or not is, oh, okay. over, is over Kansas state. Kansas. Interesting. State over They're not on my list either way, because I, but that's, that's really interesting. And they're kind of, they're Same the Iowa, Illinois, right? Yeah. They're the Iowa, Illinois. Like you know exactly what they're gonna do. You can yeah. kind of plug and play with those guys. Yeah. Anyway, just wonder what you thought. Discuss. Yeah. Later. No, I, I'm. I would not fight that. I would never bet Kansas State under. <laughs> I would never bet they're under ever. I would always play their over because of exactly what you just said. This transfer portal too, man. With the coaching changes. Like, guys just firing coaches now in, like, September, like you're seeing in the portal. It has thrown such a wrench into how these line Like, the the power ratings between week zero and week four, like, are just it, – it's going to be like that flood that came through Las Vegas last <laughs> night. Like, it, it's fun, though. Like, I, I really, like, have enjoyed – because now that this gambling thing is kind of calming down. I've really enjoyed the last two weeks to just dig into the ratings and the data and like, and it's, it's fun to try and find value. And I just think like, if you can find those teams that have 15, 16 starters back against the Wisconsin's who are just completely restarting everything, like that's where the value's at early in the season. Do not go with your bias. Do not go with anything like that. Take those teams that have some continuity because it is so rare anymore. That's, that's all I know. I like it. Love you, brother. Tell the family hi. Go get those kids picked up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to go. Thanks, right. buddy. See you, bud. See ya. Chad Lysico for the Des Moines Register. My man. Uh, kind enough to join us here on CW Pod.
Looking forward to making an announcement. We do have a title sponsor of the CW Pod now, Aiden. We'll have that for you in the next couple of days. All right, so I've got like an entire list here, and we're just going to keep rolling through it. Mike Palm's going to be joining me in just a little bit here at Circa as we are here all weekend to get signed up for Circa Million and Circa Survivor. You guys have until the 9th to, to get out here and do that. You do have to be in Vegas to, to sign up. We'll tell you more about it here in the coming weeks, coming days. All gas, no breakfast. Chris, is it hotter in Vegas than it is in Iowa? I don't think so. It's a different kind of heat. It's that dry heat out here, and it felt like I was in a rainforest when I left Iowa. I don't think it's hotter. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk um, some of my other picks here. Uh, and Brandon is asking about the Oklahoma State over. Stay tuned. They are on my list, and I might be able to talk you out of that. Uh, all right, so I'm going to keep rolling down my list here on a lot of these plays. And, I'm guys, I'm trying to stick to as much Big Ten and Big 12 as possible, but I am going to jump outside as well. Is my main man, Mike Palm, is going to join me right now, and then we'll get into those. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned on Oklahoma State because they're actually one of my most polarizing picks for the upcoming season. It is damn good to see this guy. Big He's a junkie of the slam ball. <laughs> we could have got him right on the court for the. I was sitting oh, on the man. mob bench, eighteen and zero mob bench, in the championship. This he, guy would have been all over him. Aiden would have killed for those tickets. Yeah. Aiden was like, "Am I going to get to meet meet Derek? Because I watch him on slam ball all the time. Yeah, slam ball. That's all he cares about. Yeah, he loves it. He sleeps through Kenny and I's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> slam ball. That's what trips the trigger." <laughs> How's uh how's signups going? Yeah, just 40, 42, 60. You know, they're I got rolling. Four, there's, you there's got four o- more coming from me, buddy. There's over a hundred already today. Forty-two sixty was the number I pulled at eleven twenty, and twenty-four fifty in the millions. I think we're we're gonna blow past ten thousand in Survivor. We're gonna have a ten million dollar pool, and it'll be a photo finish on getting six thousand in the millions. That's my take. A lot of people think we'll be short. I think it'll be real close. We were 1,300 short last year. We'll certainly go, go over 4,700. If you could play one. Well, I would it, play Survivor. I'm so, not smart enough to do five. Like you, you know, you, Trent Condon, he gives, you know, 17 <laughs> college basketball games a night. It's Condon's 15. a sicko. He's, like he's, but, I mean, he's, I can't do that. I mean, like, like I, I can usually feel good about two pro games a weekend I have a pretty good feel for. Yeah. And then the third one's like, eh, four and five, come on. Five's That's hard. Just a, college is a different story. I feel, I love I the feel, I feel you, can, you can come up with seven picks in college every week. But to, to me, and Survivor, the stories are just, here's the beauty of Survivor, Chris. When you lose, it's a bad beat, right? It's shocking. Either, either yeah. something bad happened. <laughs> How did a team that was a two-touchdown favorite lose? It could never happen again. And yeah. you can't wait to, get, wait to get in next year with more entries. It's just a beautiful contest. I'm, I'm screwed, so listen to this. I 
I don't know if Ken told you about this, but my like one with my buddies, I went 19 and 0 last year. They didn't take your pick. Well, and now I'm coming to play here with you guys, and I'll I'll lose in week three. How much did you win at home? Seven hundred bucks. That's not nothing to sneeze at. No, no, that's really, but it's not. But the I guys mean, you run with, maybe it is. But it's not six million. It's not six. Not ten million. It's not the guys. each got three million last year. The two guys. I saw. Split. Although yeah. I'm swear they made a deal. I I I had the way they react. The guy reacted that lost with the Colts the last week with the Texans and all that. I'm pretty sure that was heartbreaking. They had it. They had a Joe and the tip in the fourth down. The ball goes. I mean, it was just all ridiculous. But I'm pretty sure they probably all saved either a million and a half or two million there and so i sure anyhow, hope so but anyhow not to diminish and say oh, i only got two million instead of three million i mean <laughs> i got 700 and those two entries that ended up winning it after week six only had one entry left each the one guy only bought one entry and the other one had nine and was down to one by week six and both ran the ran the table wow that's pretty amazing let me ask you on the college game trying to find values early right treacherous like, well these are I mean, all new teams that's my point like so are you because this is where i'm struggling i think like well if a team had a, a team like let's say michigan or um you know one of these teams with like 15 17 starters back against you know throw like wisconsin out there that's completely different yeah. they're running the freaking air right now right like compared to good old wisconsin like, normally early, I would say I really want to lean on those teams with continuity and just blindly play the value and the stability. But, like, some of these teams, I mean, like, Colorado is the worst team in the country, and, and I I still am not high on them. But I don't know. Like, can I really just say, like, oh, they have three, two starters returning? Well, all those guys sucked anyways, it's right? ECU said they're not even going to look at the tape from last year's game in Boulder. It's a totally different yeah, you team. Can't. Why even look at anything that had to do with them last year? I think that teams meld quicker now with this portal. I mean, would you have thought that USC and LSU would have done that well under first-year head coaches? I, I wouldn't have. You know, Definitely not the way LSU did, Yeah, you know, in that league. Uh, that's pretty shocking to me, what, yeah. what Kelly was able to do in his first year there. So I, I just think it's, you know, this first couple weeks – be quick to change your opinion on teams because of so many new players. And the line moves, I would say this is week zero. I mean, you could have got on the better. These lines just are going across seven. The one game, 10 through, you know, to six and a half. The San Diego State game's intriguing to me. I mean, that was four down to two, now back to three. Yeah. It's like you're not betting the team, you're just betting the number. You're going to take three and a half and lay two, you know? Yeah. And just keep doing that would be my theory here. USC's a runaway. We ain't taking any bets on San Jose at all. Um, Caleb Williams ought to be, you know, he's plus 450 to win the high. He ought to be like two to one. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, he's winning. I mean, it's the second year under Riley. The last year of the Pac-12, they're laden with quarterbacks. There's going to be a bunch of shootouts in that league. He's going to put up incredible numbers. Yeah, I, He's winning the Heisman unless he gets hurt. I actually had them. So this this show that I'm doing right now, I'm giving out all my over-under picks. And I have USC as an over. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's it. I think you guys have it at 10 right now. Like, you I mean, the worst case, you're pushing. Right? I mean, I, I, just, I can't I, imagine I, that that I, team... I, I, you're right. Worst, worst scenario, you're pushing. Um, the, other, the other thing I was, I've been kind of kicking around here, and I don't want to overreact to this, is these new clock rules. But hear, hear me out here. I, I do think that I have it's, a strong opinion on oh, this. Okay. What, what is your opinion? It sucks for, an, for a person that's an in-game player that watches the game they're betting. 
because there was a huge advantage to be gained by sensing how quickly crews started clocks. There's huge variance. The Big Ten, the best in the country at starting that clock up, which is good for an under. I mean, if you weren't throwing the ball from the sideline to get it to a hash, there were most of their crews were under three seconds and restarting the clock. You had other conferences that averaged 11 seconds between the time that the whistle blew and the time they restarted the clock, which is not built into any algorithm that's setting the game total, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't stop the clock unless it's the two minutes of the halves, right? I heard an interesting theory this morning from Bad Powers when I was hosting Follow the Money with, with Paul Howard about these young offensive coordinators are going to o- overcompensate for the plays they're losing because the clock's not stopping by even trying to go quicker. Mm-hmm. And so he has it built in, and he's a pro college better. He thinks it's it will add... Uh, it's worth two and a half to three points a game. Wow. Stopping the clock, reducing the total two and a half to three, but maybe he's overstating it. But he, he, he'll have to see how much they try to compensate. Well, I just, I, so I'm looking at a team like Iowa, or Iowa State, okay? So well, they're going to struggle. Are they still on. fielding a team this year? They're going to have a team. Really strong defensive team, though. Okay, like they might have the best defense in the Big 12. Well, that does not saying much, but go ahead. That's, Point that's, being, that's like AAA. But anyhow. Point, hey, stop it. Now you and me are going to get that's in a fight That's nonsense. Here. I mean, that's a basketball league. It is a basketball league. It's I won't fight you. definitely a either. basketball league. So, point being, Mike, isn't it a lot, like for a team like that that's going to want to shorten a game? Mm-hmm. Easier to. You can really shorten oh, the game yes, now. sir. Yes, do you sir. lean, do we cape more attention to unders right now? For you know, these types of, well, you like, know, I'm an under player, but that's going to yeah. be built into these numbers, and we'll see how teams react to it. But obviously, you know, they're not. It's much easier to go at a relaxed pace when that clock's already running than to tell the quarterback with 18 on the clock, "Ready, stay in the huddle, stay in the huddle." So they're going to walk up to the line. They're going to want to get things going. I'm, I'm always one watching the clock when you bet an under, screaming, "Start the clock! Start the clock! Start!" I can't imagine how college football was 25 years ago when we were watching it when it never restarted after first downs yeah. out of bounds. You know what I mean? Oh, how yeah. long those games were, and they're still long, but my God, it's hard to even watch those replays. Yeah. Uh, Do you go to games in stadiums very much anymore? Um, well, f- football a, is a TV sport, right? But I yeah. had a great time when we came back and Ry- Wild Rose let me go to the Texas-Iowa State game. What a great atmosphere that was. Yeah. I think how many years ago? Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah when and the, Iowa State the blackout. Them. It was the blackout. Yeah, they absolutely punked. 31-7, yeah. I believe. Yep. Unbelievable. But mm-hmm. what a great atmosphere it is. You yeah. can't... But from a betting perspective, it's not great. The angle's not great. And then I'm watching the Iowa Northwestern, who was playing at Northwestern that yep. night, right, yep. on yep. the TV behind me, really kind of more than this game, because I can, I can watch a full view of it. Well, man, the, I, my point is, sitting in these press boxes where you don't... They're they're so sterile, right? Mm-hmm. Like the windows are shut, yeah. and these these breaks just they're killer. How long did the breaks and for all of yeah. these TV timeouts? Oh, yeah. And I remember growing up going to games at Kinnick. And it's like, oh, the guy just walked out onto the field. Okay, we're at a TV. But oh. God, it wasn't as much as it is. We now. would throw things at the NBC guy at Notre Dame. <laughs> it was had the five minute commercials. Let them play. I mean, they're all out there. They're oh. ready to go. And the NBC guys hold them up, and the officials are always over there looking. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like five minutes every time oh. they went to a commercial. It's gotten to be excruciating. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, a couple other things I wanted to hit on with you. The um, what is the most like, what's the grow, fastest growing sports betting sport out here? Like you got are people betting on like the Formula 1 no, more? No. Uh soccer, what I'm just curious. Okay, I want to get in on We're the We're not next big, big in thing. soccer, so I, this 
I'm a big betting, but we're not big booking it. You know, we're that's not one of our strengths. What do you think? Like in five years, ten years, is going to be a bigger bet it bet sport? Women's basketball. Uh, women's college basketball is interesting. They bet the WNBA game by game, but not really futures. Yeah. Um, the Women's World Cup did nothing. Zero. Really? Zero. Less than zero. Did the time Even zone? the women's games. Well, the men's games had the time time effect. And the yeah. USA women were put at prime time their first two games. Yeah. I think we wrote $400 on the first U.S. game. Seriously. And now, they're not a lovable group. But uh, you would think that there would have been more than that. I hate to say this is an up-and-coming sport because it's already there, but, geez, UFC is just, yeah. they've done such a great job marketing. They did through the pandemic. The pandemic was huge. It got me hooked. It's the biggest crossover f- as far as gender, too, that women watch and bet UFC. Really? Football a little bit, but I think UFC number one. Not baseball. Women hate baseball. There's not a woman I've ever dated uh, or married to that could sit through a baseball game. And even if it's two and a half hours, there's just not enough action. It's not Are you seeing more with the baseball rules? Because uh, their TV numbers and stuff are up. Are, are yeah. more people betting them? Uh, the handle's been good. The handle's been good. I, I think it's much more within the attention span of this generation now. That, yeah. But two and a half hours what every other sport plays outside of football. And football can co- go as long as they want because the product is just so good. Um I love it. I wish they'd do away with the ghost runners. Who cares? The game's two and a half hours when it goes to the 10th. Let them play a few innings, you know, do especially we, now with the expanded rosters coming. Do we have any um, big plans here at Circa for this Formula One race? Last time we talked. We you- have tickets um, that we'll try to get players to go to. Um, we're going to do a watch party at Stadium Swim. We've yeah. tried to promote this thing. It's just been like the Canadian one. We did a big thing on Father's Day. Like eight people came. I don't know how it's priced in the market. I mean, the ticket's are like 2500 to go well, watch the race. So I'm like a huge fan. I've been a Formula One fan for but 20 years. But the same years. team wins. I mean, yeah, I know. it's not much and, of a betting sport well, right now, is it? No, and it. No, I mean, unless you just bet for Stappen every week and you just lay the, And I have. And keep rolling it. I have. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I've, I've actually done really well uh, betting on this for Stappen blindly. But you have to do it before qualifying. Because he's going to get the pole at every race. And then it drops. Yeah. Mm. You have to bet it before the qualifying and just blindly do it. I, I just, it's, it's funny because when, when they announced they were coming to Vegas, like I, I freaked out. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But I remember you, on the radio you were so excited about But all it. these people in Vegas hate it. Like, I you was guys more excited all, at the time because I thought there'd be interest. But, well, but the disruption to the city is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I took, this was a couple months ago. We were... We stayed at, we did like a little staycation at the Cromwell, and then my wife had a gift certificate at the Caesar shops, like, and we weren't going to walk the baby across. It like took us 45 minutes across the street, but you got to go, it's just so disruptive, and now we're, I guess the first year will be the most building the track, but we're stuck with this for 10 years, and they've come in like bullies too, right? If you don't pay the fee, we're going to, we're going to blind you in your restaurant, we're going to, if you don't pay 1500 per max capacity of your restaurant, we're going to shine great lights in front of you, we're going to, we're going to put objects in front, I mean, it's, they've come in even worse than the NFL, and the NFL is sort of, you know, they they, they they are able to do it. But, yeah. I mean, the Super Bowl, uh, which isn't great because Las Vegas is already the best place to be for the Super Bowl. Now it's here, so there's a lot of people that aren't really football fans or betters that are going to be going to the Super Bowl and be here. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everything. I look forward to 
hanging out at Bar Canada tonight. Oh, that's fun. That's I, my, I think that was my favorite, my favorite part of the weekend last year was this meet and greet at Bar Canada. And we're actually, I get to be like, I could have dinner at Andiamo. We're starting a first-time annual event called a Champions Contest Champions Dinner tonight where Derek and I and Jeff Benson eat with anyone that's split a survivor share through the years oh, cool. or been top five in the millions. So I think Very we've got cool. 18 people coming for it. So this should be a good tradition. Well, hopefully I can join you next year. Yes. Did just, you do did you do millions entries? I'm going to, yeah. How many are you gonna doing, end up with I'm all doing together? Two and two, so four. Four. Four altogether. I think Kenny what did Kenny do? How many did he do? Three? But he's got like know. twelve partners in each one. Yeah, I, mean, I, think I he don't did know. three. He's yeah. got he's got corporations me. and all the you know. Me and Hassel are doing a couple and then um how about the weather we girl? You should do one for the weather girl. I think that's an interesting I, hire. Well, she's a we're hey we're we're doing some big things over there. We want her to come in like on Sunday with a putt to win the tournament. Like put on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it off and we'll have her do some presentation. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's a Nebraska grad, so we give her crap. But, it, but she's an Iowa girl. She's a Nebraska grad. Where'd she in, grow, where'd she grow up? She grew up in in neither state. <laughs> no, she grew up in Iowa. Where? How could you? She's a Who Nebraska. Did the interview? No, she's from I mean, Nebraska. Oh, she is. She's from Nebraska, yeah. <laughs> but then she, her husband is an Iowa guy. I'm trying to think. Oh, There's a connection yeah. there. And her, her husband's a meteorologist, too, so I get it all really? mixed up. But yeah. Is there competitive? As no, he's National Weather Service. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's just. Like Jim he's Cantori guy. He's a he's meteorologist a, he's a, of the people. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just here to just here to protect us. <laughs> but yeah. So two and two for me. We're going to do on the show where we make our. Five picks every week, me and Hassel, and then I'm gonna just I'm gonna let the survivor thing go again, and I'm I'm hopeful that I just I feel like I blew my wad last year. It's like, what are the chances you can do it again? Well, that's a poor attitude to have. Yeah, you I should know, be encouraged I, by your results I, last year. I'm realistic. Nah, you're negative. Is what you are. You're, you're a pessimist. You call it what you want. I think I'm a realist. You uh, want to know why you got the glass to begin with? That's the kind of guy you are. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, we'll Chris. See, we'll see you tonight. See you at Bar Canada yeah, tonight. We'll see right. you tonight. Awesome. Looking forward to your insight this year as well. Nice for you to bring the young lad out. <laughs> Aiden's going to get the real experience tonight when we get him over to Bar Canada over at the D. I want to play that one like the horse racing game. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll do that tonight. You teach me how to do that. He's Mike Palm uh, from Circa. Appreciate you, brother. Always good insight. We have a good time. Iowa native. And uh, so what, Aiden? You lost our audio there for a minute. Is that what you what you what you do? Everybody's talking in the chat to me here. Yeah. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you can. I uh, fucked up a bit. But uh, we're back. You recovered? I recovered. Not a boy. Actually, these remote broadcasts, you just never know what's going to happen. Let's be honest. Like, that's, that's just how they work. Good job recovering. I now am going to give you guys my buys and sells and, and all that stuff because we've got Lysico done. Uh, nice of Mike Palm to stop by. And, again, I'm trying to keep these as much Big 12 and Big 10 centric as possible. Although I also realize that I'm not going to also please realize that I'm not exclusively going to do that. And I'm going to go to the Big 12 now uh, with a couple of overs that I really like in the Big 12. And I'll start with Baylor. This feels to me like a team that's being completely overlooked by the media. I'll explain it to you. So Baylor's number is at seven. I just want to I want to check on that here. 
make sure it hasn't been updated. But their their number is at seven. And the thing I don't understand, people forget that they were in the Big 12 championship game two years ago. They were in the Sugar Bowl two years ago. Same coach, same system. I think Blake Shapin probably gets not enough love as far as being an elite talent type of quarterback in this league. I trust Dave Aranda defensively. Seven. Uh, I like the over here for Baylor. I think that them and this other team have both got a shot to play for a Big 12 championship, and that's Texas Tech. You return an up-and-coming coach, another Baylor guy. You've got an experienced quarterback. I'm not in love with, with Shuck, but you've got 11 starters back on offense. You had eight wins in a debut season. Like, I know there's some questions there on defense for Tech. They lost a lot of production at linebacker. But I, what am I looking for? They're good up on the offensive and defensive line. Seven and a half is the number for Texas Tech. I'm going to play the over for Baylor and Texas Tech. Those are my two Big 12 teams that I think will exceed expectations this year. Uh, a few other teams that I'm buying, and I mentioned this with Mike Palm, that where do you find three losses with USC? I certainly can't. You have the best quarterback in the country by a wide margin. Lincoln Riley is the best quarterback coach potentially in the history of the sport. I know that's a, that's a really big statement, but I'm serious. Look at his Heisman trophies. Look at his, you know, look at what he's done with just guys. Now he's got maybe the best quarterback in college football in the last 10 years in Caleb Williams. They're locked to start 6-0. and Look at them this way. Numbers at 10 for USC. They will start 6-0. and It is a guarantee. Can you really see them going 3-3 three and three the rest of the way with that talent? No chance. They're like, worst case scenario here is a push. I love the over for USC. The only kicker is that the Pac-12 is pretty good this year, which is kind of crazy considering the league is imploding. But I, I, the Pac-12 is as good as it's been since I've been doing this for a while now. Other team that I really, really like the over for is Florida State. It's really, really rare to have 17 starters returning in an elite quarterback, okay? And that's what they have in Jordan Travis. He, like, Travis to me, going into this season, quarterback-wise, system-wise, Mike Norvell is an offensive genius. I love Mike Norvell. I think that he's a future national championship type coach. I don't know if it'll be at Florida State. We've got to watch what's going on in the ACC. But that combo of, of Norvell and Travis is second to only Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, coach quarterback in college football, and he's got talent around him. Their running back, Trey Benson, is going to be the highest drafted running back in, in, in the country after this year. And this guy started to, like, kind of have a coming-out party last year. Johnny Williams, six foot seven. You heard that right. Six foot seven wide receiver. Um, nine and a half currently, I think, here at Circa is the number. 
for Florida State? Nine and a half. Yeah, I'm pounding the over for Florida State. All right, we'll get to some of these cells. Uh, I want to thank some of our great sponsors here on Iowa Everywhere. Of course, we are in the Channel Seed Studio, the mobile Channel Seed Studio that is here at Circa in Las Vegas this week. Um, really appreciate all of our great Channel Seedsmen who are out there, and they've got the big harvest season coming up. Shout out to all of our uh, great agriculture. A lot of you guys listening in combines, tractors, your trucks. We appreciate all that. I had one over, uh, one other over. And when I interviewed Hal Mummy last month, he told me about his son being the offensive coordinator at Colorado State. So I started doing some research on Colorado State, and shockingly not. You know who led all of college football last year in completion percentage? Colorado State quarterback Clay Millen. 72% of his passes he completed last year. Why? He's the, running the mummy air raid. Five is the number here going over for Colorado State. We have to. It's mummy's kid. We have to play. For the culture. Yes. We're a how mummy show. Okay? We're a how mummy show. We need to get some... Uh, how mommy, by the way, Aiden, I, so, you know, they were like selling off the entire university at Iowa Wesleyan. Yep. Missed out on a couple of bids. I actually made some bids for what that. What did you stuff. bid on? I bid on the big home of the air raid sign. And once it got above 150 bucks, I was out. Really? I thought you would have gone all in for it. Well, I, you know, if they would have sent it to me, I would have, but you have to drive to Mount Pleasant to pick this thing up. And I'm like, I don't have time to do that. I, 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 and I thought, like, if I win this thing, I'm going to have to ask our listeners, like, if somebody will pick it up for me. You know, if there's somebody. And then I really, really wanted the banner, the national conference. Um, that the, one would have been sick for the studio. That's what I wanted. It's like that light purple banner. Yeah. And it only had 1990 Iowa Wesleyan. But I'm going over for Hal Mummy's son. I'm just uh, representing here. Um, okay, so now I'm going to go into my cells, and I actually have a really strong opinion about two of these, for sure, and they're both Big 12 teams. And I'm going to start with Oklahoma State. And we had somebody in our, one of our listeners was asking me about Oklahoma State earlier, and I'm, I'm I think I'm done with them. I think I'm done with Gundy. I want to pull up their schedule here really quick. Uh, here, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I do think there's a caveat here where this could go one of two ways. Where this is either Gundy's last stand, right? Where it comes out of nowhere and he's ten and two here, and we're all like, "Oh man, the guy's a genius." We've seen that happen. I think this is going to be more like Gary Patterson's the end. If you watch, I love Gundy. By the way, I not necessarily like as a person I don't know him but I'm saying I like watching his press conferences he tells you what he thinks he gives you opinions he's coming across to me as a fairly crotchety old man now who he's complaining you know he's always he's playing the victim I don't like it 
And I think the game's starting to, not necessarily schematically, I think he's still a really smart football guy. I think the game's passing him by as far as the business of college athletics. The, one of the kickers here for them will be a road game on September 9th at Arizona State, a new Big 12 team. I don't think they're going to be very good, but that's if you're looking at this number for Oklahoma State, that's a big one. Don't look past – so their, their schedule's hard. South Alabama is like a 9 or 10 win team in the Sun Belt, and they got to go to Stillwater on September 16th. There's so much to replace from a team that really wasn't that good a year ago. When I look back at Iowa State's year last year, there's one game that really makes me sick to my stomach, and it was that game at Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm selling hard on Gundy. In fact, I started to sell on Gundy well over a year ago, and I'm not giving up now. The other Big 12 team that I'm fading is Cincinnati. Uh, the number is at five. And this might be my favorite preseason play in all of college football. First of all, I like playing the under of these teams that are going up in competition. Always kind of a theory of mine to, to go that route. But you have to add to it that Cincinnati's replacing the perhaps the greatest coach in the history of its school in Luke Fickle. You bring in Scott Satterfield, who you know Louisville basically was happy to say goodbye to. They were fired up about that. It's a rebuilding year combined with a step up in competition. Five is the number. They've already faded that down. It started at five and a half. I don't think Cincinnati, I mean, that, this looks like a three or a four win team to me. Now, I will say I think long term, I think it's one of the best jobs in the new Big 12. I think you could make an argument it's top three job in the new league. But I'd, it's going to take a little bit. You look at all these teams that switch leagues that have had success eventually. TCU is one of them. takes a while when you go up. And, you know, like I, I think UCF with Gus Malzahn, you know, they were already kind of treating that program like an SEC program. And Cincinnati was too, but the problem is – the transition, I hate that for them. I don't think they're going to be very good. They got that kid from Arizona State uh, as the quarterback, but, man, like he, he's, a, he's just a guy. The other one that's fascinating to me is Colorado. Three and a half is the number. I want to read you Colorado's non-conference schedule here. So you got to go to TCU on week one. Nebraska comes to town in week two. Now, that's interesting because they're in the same type of spot as Colorado, except I think that Matt Rule's program's much more solid footing right now. And then they've got that Colorado State game in week three, and we just talked about them. Like, are we going to make an Iowa ever a road trip to see how Mummy versus Deion Sanders, or how Mummy's son versus Deion Sanders? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, if you're Colorado, are you confident going into that one? You got this. I feel like Colorado fans, the confidence is through the roof right now. That's why I want to take the under. 
Because these guys, like, every public Joe is going to bet on Colorado right. every week. So Just because of prime. Beyond this year, are you a prime believer? I think prime will have flashes of greatness, but I, like, no. Like, am I a prime believer at Colorado or in general? Both. No, definitely not at Colorado. Like, do you think Colorado is a stepping stone still? Yes. I think Prime would be like the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys someday. Like, okay, I, yeah. I, he ain't staying at Colorado. There's just no way. See, I'm a big, I've always had this theory that these NFL legends should just go back and coach college teams. And then all the high school kids will be like, yeah, I want to go play for Deion Sanders because that's Deion Sanders. But I don't know how good of a coach he actually is. Well, I think that they've from what I've like seen that they have some pretty good skill guys but like I, they they just haven't even been recruiting linemen like don't need them just like throw it up their number is at three and a half for a reason and it just feels to me like everybody's just all blinded by it. I think there's just a lot of shine around they could Dion. get the shit kicked out of them in week one like realistically right. and then and again like I mean, we don't really know anything about Nebraska either, but in that week two game, it's like, okay, that place will be sold out and everything. But, like, the one thing I think with rules teams that we've learned over the years is he's really good up front. I mean, I think Nebraska is going to be okay. Again, like, the, with these teams, when, when you're not a blue blood, do you have an identity? Illinois has an identity. Iowa has an identity. I think Nebraska under rule will have an identity. I don't know if it'll be this year. Like, what is Colorado's identity going to be other than just, like, the flashy head coach? Right. I think they're going to start 0-5. I think Nebraska will beat them. I got Colorado State in that game. That's going to be our new team. We need to get some Rams gear for the studio. There we go. So another one. So this is going to continue on with that theme. And this will be part of our week zero conversation when Hassel gets out here. Is uh, this Hartman, this quarterback from West Virginia, or not West Virginia, from Wake Forest that's now at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's playing on Saturday. It's really kind of the marquee game of, of weeks. Week zero is pretty bad this year. I mean, you got... USC's playing. They're like a 30-point favorite. Um, Wake Forest, and I'm very... So hear me out. Like, Williams, how do you have a strong opinion on Wake Forest football? Okay? Fair question. Fair question. Wake Forest, the number here at Circa is at six and a half. Okay? And, again, firm believer, covered Iowa State forever. Same type of program where not exactly rich in uh, talent, expectations, whatever. Wake Forest has been really good lately. This Dave Clawson can really, really coach. He's really good. But they just lost the best quarterback in school history. Elite is this Sam Hartman. On top of that, you return two offensive linemen. You return nobody from your defensive line. These middle to lower class 
talent type of programs. Did we learn anything from the middle of the Ference era and what's going on right now at Iowa State? To expect these type of programs to win consistently and to always be above five is really hard to do. It's really, really difficult. And the number for this Wake Forest team is at six, and it screams take the under to me. Lose the quarterback, questions at defense. I mean, I don't think, like, long-term, I like this Dave Clawson. I think he's a really good coach, but I, I just I don't think they sustain it. So there you go. Those are my underpicks. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, Colorado, Wake Forest. My overplays, Michigan, Illinois, Baylor, Utah, USC, Florida State, Texas Tech, and Colorado. I'm a lot higher on overs. Can you tell? And then I have a couple of Big 12 teams real quick. We hit on this with Wisconsin where I'm just totally stumped on these teams. I think the Big 12 is a total crapshoot. I don't know who's going to win. But I don't know what TCU is going to be. Was last year a fluke or is it a sign of things to come? Right? Like, I, they're, they're bringing back all these new guys. But they were picked like ninth in the league last year, and we all thought they were going to suck. And they played for a national championship. So I don't know. I have no idea what to expect from TCU. No clue. Oklahoma's a little weird to me. Their number's at nine and a half. Right now, I have them being favored in 11 games, but that seems really high to me. But I also don't know if it's totally fair to completely hate on them because of Dylan Gabriel's injuries last year, right? So this is a team that I could see going either way. I could see Brent Venables being fired after this year. Really could. I think he could be on his way out if going into the SEC if if they don't if they don't show something. I think they were six and seven last year. Other team that I'm starting to be a little bit more bullish on is Kansas. Again, you guys are starting to see what I'm looking for here when you have a good coach and a good quarterback returning, and that's Kansas. Lance Leipold is – there's reason why you see some of these ratings. It's like the best coaches in college football, and he's in the top ten. He's really good. Guy was a legend in uh, D3 there in the state of Wisconsin. He's won at Buffalo – He's a really good coach. 17 returning starters. A quarterback that at the time when he went down was in the Heisman conversation last year. Now they haven't played anybody up until then. But really heavy in the portal. My initial gut when I started to dig into the season with Kansas was to play the under because of... Like, I don't like teams that overachieved the year before, right? Like, because usually there's a mean type thing. But, man, with their amount of offense coming back, it's I'm starting to lean that Kansas could win seven or eight games, which is crazy, but I just think Leipold's that good. I don't want to bet against him. He's Kyle Winningham for me. I don't want to bet against Kyle Winningham. I just trust him. Remember when Kansas went and won at Texas a couple years ago? They hadn't won a game in, like, however many years in the Big 12, and they won at Texas. You know, like, he's a really freaking good coach, man. I don't, I don't want to bet against him. 
Should I move Kansas out of the stumped category, I guess is what I asked next. I don't know. Let's go through some of our comments here. Iowa everywhere. We are, if you're watching on the stream, hello. CW Pod from Circa. We're up here in this beautiful ballroom. There are like, I think they said 30 plus media outlets that are, they, they kind of set it up like a radio row for, for Super Bowl. And really appreciate them asking us to be a part of it. Um, this is really neat. We'll be here tomorrow for two guys named Chris Hassel will be here with us as well. And uh, we will do a full show. I think Derek Stevens from Circa is going to hop on with us tomorrow. Took Aiden to the strip last night because Aiden had never, had never seen it. And he realized how horrible that place is. Circa till we die. Circa until we die. We're not leaving. We're not leaving Fremont Street the rest of the time. Nope. <laughs> no reason to. I was trying to explain to Aiden. The strip is not like, you can't just like walk across the street. See, I've been told that. I always thought like, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Whatever. It's like an interstate. Oh my gosh. It, it literally is, which I didn't know. I mean, I didn't check my step count last night, but... I did. What were you at? 15,000. I believe it. Something, and we were on a plane all day. Right. So, like, it was all last yeah. night. Let's go through some of these comments here. Uh, Ryan says that he is tired of hearing about Dion. Colorado is irrelevant. Has been for 20 years. They won't win more than four games this year. They're not irrelevant. That's the thing. Will they not exceed four games? I agree with you. They're not irrelevant because they have a head coach who is challenging the system. I appreciate that. I like disruptors. Deion Sanders is a disruptor. Coach Prime, whatever we're going to call I don't want to offend him. I appreciate disruptors, but I don't think it's going to work there. I don't think you can just turn over your roster like that now he's done it for the first year. We'll see how long it, you know, will you keep doing that. But, like, to me, it's not sustainable. Again, what is Colorado? It's not a blue blood program, and it never will be. You've got to be able to develop. I still, like, I still think that the Kirk Ferentz's, the Matt Campbell's of the world, there's value in development and not just bringing in 40 new guys every single year. So that's what's just like. I know Colorado has talent, but like, if they're all constantly running for their lives and you can't stop anybody, it's pretty damn hard. They're not irrelevant, though, because they've got a disruptor coach who's really changing the game. Lightsmith Media, Nebraska will be a six-win team. Rule is worth three wins. Let me pull up Nebraska's schedule. Because for, for what it's worth, I really like Rule, too. I... I really think that we've said this about every Nebraska hire other than who's that guy from Oregon State that they Mike Mike Riley remember him that was a bad hire he's at Oregon State now is he back no oh I thought you said he was okay no he's from Oregon State they hired him from there Nebraska's schedule is actually like eh. you get two in Minnesota and at Colorado Boy, we're going to know a lot about them in the first couple weeks. They play a week from today. 
Minnesota, Nebraska, up in up in Minneapolis to kick off the season. Northern Illinois, uh, they've actually lost at home to them. Louisiana Tech, you would assume they would win win those. They will lose to Michigan. They will lose at Illinois. The thing about the West now is just, like, I like these teams and you play their over because Purdue and Northwestern are going to be so bad. Like, you, there's no question about those teams. They're just bad. Michigan State, that's a toss-up for Nebraska. They could certainly get to six wins. And, and I think that it feels like with it, – it, it certainly feels like with – rule everywhere he goes he's a lot like Harbaugh it's just his teams are just not bad and the frost thing was all flash like we all got hoodwinked on that one I did I thought frost was going to be great there I think it was smart of them to get outside of their little Husker Nation you know bubble and they got a guy who's about the substance, and that that's rule. So I, I don't know if it'd be a six-win team. Uh, six and a half is their number, so that would actually underachieve if Nebraska. So that tells you that that that's what Circa's got them at is is six and a half right now. But yeah, I think that they could easily get there for sure. I think it'd be a disappointment to those in Lincoln if they're not. Um. Live Hard One. That's a good name. Ask it about the Iowa State Lion and the over. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. What does Circa have it at? They are back on the board here. I think it's at five. Yeah, it was at five this morning. Good luck. Does the quarterback situation factor in at all? Yeah. Are you talking about the competition, like who wins the competition? I'm talking... J.J. Cole started for 12 games versus Rocco Beck. Yeah. Started no, I don't games. think so. I don't think it matters. Do you? No, I don't I, think so either. I don't think it matters. Because I think whoever wins that battle, they're going to have very strict don't turn the ball over. Because honestly, I could see it more being someone starts four games, someone starts eight games, rather than someone starting all 12 yeah. games. So it's not going to matter, I don't I, think. I would agree with that. The thing about Iowa State is just you got to look at, like, their defense is going to be elite. It will be for that. It, it was last year. They bring pretty much everyone back. They will be really good defensively, and I think that if if I'm Matt Campbell, and I don't think fans will like this, but I am sucking the air out of the ball, and I am playing to my defense, and we're going to look a lot like Iowa has if I'm Matt Campbell. Uh, it, and it could be excruciating at times. And you pray that you have an offensive line to be able to run the football with. Because if you can do that, I think Iowa State could be back in bowl game. But that, it really, so it comes to me, it's like that, and this, it's the kicker's thing. Like, if you don't have a kicker and you're trying to play possession games and lean on your defense, but you can't make a 35-yard field goal, you're toast. So it's the... That, that's the thing with last year. They were horrible on offense. Turned the ball over, couldn't run. They were bad on offense. But they were still in pretty much every game except the TCU game at the end because of their defense. 
why didn't they win them? Because they couldn't make field goals and they turned the ball over too much. And they couldn't run. So it's like if you can go from two yards of carry to four, which is a huge step, but man, I'll take it. Not in, limit your turnovers and be better on special teams, you should go to a bowl game, even despite everything that's happened because of your defense. But like those are big assumptions that it's just going to happen. I don't know. I do think like if you start to go through a lot of these power ratings and stuff, people still really like Iowa State because of that defense. They're going to be in these games. It's just do you have the punch to be able to push through it? All right, uh, we were waiting to see if Aaron Oster from Circa was going to join us. I don't think we were going to do a little preview for uh, we're going to shift gears. Hey, he's here. Aaron, come on over. I was just thinking about wrapping up or not, but I was like, man, I really want to talk some AEW wrestling. There you go, brother. I've got to I'm fascinated with. Um, so this is the CW pod. And if you all are um, not pro wrestling fans, hey, yeah, you know what? Deal with it. <laughs> My guy Aaron from uh, Circa is here with me, and he and I share in common our passion for professional wrestling. First oh, yeah. of all, how's the weekend going so far, kicking off today? I mean, it's crazy. You can see it just up and down, people broadcasting, interviews, talking with each other, and then we're just really getting started. Obviously, tonight we have our big party, which I you are coming to, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we have a big party over Be there at tonight. Bar Bar Canada, which means uh, lots of free drinks and Sigma Derby. Did you? So, so I've never played it before. I was just talking to Palm about it. Oh, like, yeah. So you've seen those like horse racing games around Vegas, right? Yes. The ones. This is the old school version, the mechanical version, where it's just like, it's not these fancy horses. It's just like, da-da, 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 da-da. It, it it's the greatest thing ever. They look like toy horses from yeah. like when you were a kid. Yes. And this is the only one that still exists in Vegas. Will you teach me how to play it tonight? Yes, yes. I can't, I can't play it anymore, so I'll have to live vicariously yeah, through you. Yeah, no, you just teach me how. Yes. And then I'm, I'm just gonna live at that thing tonight. Yes. That's that's my plan. That's a perfect plan. I'm, I'm far. I'm, I got uh, four. We're gonna have four with Iowa everywhere entrances into the I competitions. Both, both Survivor and Million, just yeah. Survivor. Two and two. Awesome. That's the plan. I love it. I that's love the it. plan, and we're gonna kind of walk people through it as we go throughout the year perfect on the show and all that stuff yeah this is my first time i'm i'm excited to be a part of it oh it's it, i mean there's nothing like it you pay all your money up front you get an entire season's worth as long unless you you know lose first week in survivor but we won't talk about that because that's not going to happen Jeez. would never happen ever a lot of people 53 percent lost last, yeah, year, on say, one. <laughs> last year was brutal yeah last was year, that higher than normal oh i mean last year because it was um Colts. It was Colts. It yeah. was the Broncos losing to the Seahawks, and it was there's one other big one. Was Cincinnati lose or something? I can't remember. There was one other big yeah. one, but yeah, 53% lost uh, week one last year. We we share a common passion, and that is professional wrestling. So this yes. is CW Pod. So we, we can we can talk about whatever the hell it, we it's want your pod. On you this do one, whatever yeah. you want. And our AEW, we both like this AEW. This new. Promotion. Yeah. Is it new now? It's. Yeah. I mean, look, it's... it's boy, that, I mean, it was pre-pandemic. So they've got this big card coming up on Sunday, and they're at Wembley Stadium in England. And I'm, I'm interested. I, I do think it 
I, I, it seemed like a little underwhelming compared to when I said, like, oh, they're going to Wembley. Yeah. I was thinking like WrestleMania type card, and it's it's okay. Yeah. What do you so, think? So me and uh, my co-hosts on my podcast, Jobbing Out, for yes. anybody who wants to listen to wrestling, if you're into that, check that out. It comes out weekly. We've uh, we, we've made the joke where, and we used to make this joke, remember the early, uh, when WWE would go to Saudi Arabia? Yes. And we weren't sure what those shows were, because they were in big stadiums or whatever. We made the joke, this is somewhere in between a house show and WrestleMania. Okay. And we're not sure what it is. That's kind of how I feel about this one. Interesting. Now, the, the MJF-Adam Cole uh, match, huge. Like, that is a, yeah, it's a great that match. Is a blockbuster match that should be on the top of a card at Wembley. FTR Young Bucks, huge. Now, granted, there's been some, you know, the, the arrest and everything has put a little bit of a damper on that one. And that's huge. Everything else is like, there's a lot of coolness but not a lot of, like, you wouldn't expect this on the biggest show of all time, which is how they're kind of putting yeah. it on. It's, you know, Jericho Osprey, cool. Not really any story behind it. No. Not really something I'm desperate to see, but it's cool. I mean, we just got that match, like, seven or eight days ago, right? Yeah, it's like... They just announced it. Right. So, completely out of nowhere. You have Punk Joe, which, again, is cool. And for someone like me, who was a Ring of Honor fan and who, who yeah. loved that, that feud cool, but you also just had that match in the O and there's no real feud behind it besides the fact that, remember when these guys fought 20 years ago? That's the whole build behind that match. You have the stadium stampede match, which is just a thrown together match. I also don't know how you do a stadium stampede in a stadium that has fans. There's like, stadium stampede has a definition and it's the pre-taped stuff where you go all over stuff. You can't do that here, so yeah. don't know what that is. And it just seems like it's a mix of that and I... Like, again, all of these matches are cool. I'm going to look forward to seeing it, but none of them have builds and storylines, and it's yeah. all just kind of messy. Yeah, it's kind of like for me, and you're you're more of a diehard than I am. I'm, I'm probably more casual, but I'll buy it, but it's more to see the setup. It's the spectacle. And, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you want to see, I mean, especially with England, 80,000 English fans yeah, they're nuts. chanting and cheering and doing, you know, there, there was a rumor that your guy, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, it's my guy. Was Double J. Which I'm glad he's not on the card, but there was what one What do you mean you're glad he's not on the card? Yeah, I'm glad he's not on the top card. Top five pro wrestler of all time. Double J. In his mind. Top top five wrestler with uh, consecutive consonants in his name. I'll give you that one. Um, this is a, That's a running joke with me and Aaron, by the way. Oh, yeah. What is like 50% of our text messages are me texting Aaron, but it Jeff was Jarrett highlights. I, I looked uh, at what our – for whatever reason, we haven't texted in a while. Or maybe I've been using my work phone or something, but I pulled up uh, like our last text when I was texting you earlier, and the last one was from when AEW was out here in Vegas, the <laughs> Jeff Jarrett entrance. That was absolutely but uh phenomenal there, there was a rumor that he was going to face grado are you familiar with grado at all not really he's this he's this scottish wrestler it, it, i mean i'm, he's, I'm he's, aware of who he is but, yeah. but he comes out to uh like a prayer by madonna could you imagine eighty thousand wrestling fans wow. singing like a prayer as a wrestler comes out that would be without hyperbole the greatest moment in the history of wrestling yeah <laughs> this jeff like the, on our guy jeff Jarrett. God, how old is he? He's 55, probably. He looks really good. He, I'll say it's this. phenomenal. Jeff Jarrett should not be in AEW. For what he's done in AEW, he surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> They've been using him in a proper way just to get heat. They haven't. They've resisted the urge to put any tag titles on him, which I was very afraid of at some point. So I don't completely hate that he's how he's been used. I just kind of hate that he's there. 
Yeah, he I shouldn't can, be there. <laughs> so, what have you thought about the punk return in general? Uh, it's it's so, been pretty clunky, right? So bad. So, I mean, you're talking specifically about these last couple months. Yeah, right? yeah. Since I mean, he came back in this new show, on and, and that he—it's his show, it's his title, it's his everything. It, it's a joke. It's a complete. And this is a, from a guy who really wanted CM Punk back, but. At this point, it's he's pure ego. I'm a punk guy, like, and like I'm not really even enjoying it. Yeah, much. like it's it's bad, and it's bad because he's controlling all of it, and it's just it seems like everything's about his ego. God, and just make him a heel. Do something with well, don't give him his own show for one. Yeah, like that. That's one. Don't give him his uh, own show. Although that show's been better than I anticipated it would be. It's fine in the in the sense that you know there are good matches on it. Yeah. Are there any good stories that are compelling on no. it? Not really. No. The Starks was okay. Well, but that's the thing. Is like, why is Starks being fed to CM Punk? Yeah. Ricky Starks. If you had told me a year ago that Ricky Starks would be in the position he's in now, I would have been baffled. They were positioning him to be such a huge player, mm-hmm. and they just dropped the ball. And then it's not just the Punk thing. It's you know they dropped the ball with Wardlow. They've every now and then they try to push a young guy and then something happens you know they're starting to push swerve they're going to feed him to sting on sunday Mm -hmm. um do you think so compared to let's say a year ago was all in two years ago when like brian danielson came and i think it was two years ago that was all out that's the other that's the other weird thing about it why are we doing all in and all out a week apart oh completely and utterly insane yeah when that first had that well, I guess where I'm where I'm going is: Are you more bullish on AEW, or do you think that like where do you, where do you see this thing ending up? Oh, man, it's really tricky because they're they've hit a rough patch at the same time when WWE has hit a hot spot. Yeah, and it has exacerbated the situation and made AEW look a lot worse than I think they actually might be. Yeah, it's. I'm not going to say they're in trouble. Like, they're, they're fine as a business perspective. They're getting the TV money. As a company, though, they've got to figure out who they are. And that's been their problem since day one, is that they just have no idea. Tony Khan doesn't know how to book. You know, you have CM Punk booking one show. You have this whole mess of two different shows, but not really two different shows. Um, it's, a, it's a mess right now, is mm-hmm. what it is. Now, granted, the MJF Adam Cole stuff might be the single best stuff in wrestling right now. They have yeah. high points. MJF might be the best overall performer right now you could make that case i I would make that argument yeah like again there's a number of people you could make that argument for but he's one of them you could absolutely make that argument about um so there's high points they just don't know how to do everything else other than well let's just put them in and have a good match and they got to figure out how to make these matches matter and not make it with sting (laughs) yeah no i know and the one thing too is just i know that they're i i understand there's a business side of this they're trying to get people in shows they're trying to sell tickets like for me as a wrestling fan i don't need three nights of aew no definitely well it's first just, of all there aren't rampage yeah. isn't a thing anymore yeah. rampage is oh they canceled it no no no. it is a thing but it's but just like a it's, it's like the old wcw saturday night that like it was it's uh, on but didn't matter yeah i mean at, at one point i was comparing it to sunday night heat and i don't even know oh. if it's sunday night heat anymore but it's it's basically that well like my that's my thing like i just it's too much like, I, I, I really liked AEW when it was, like, two hours of Dynamite, yeah. and that's all I had to pay yeah. attention to every week. 100%. Rampage, like, I understood why they did it, but it very quickly 
became and and I was using the heat comparison for Rampage when it was Remember the early days of Heat where yeah. like, it didn't totally matter, but it still mattered? Or, and then it would like lead off pay-per-views. Pay and, and, like, it, that's how it compared yeah. to Rampage, and it was like, okay, pro especially with that time slot, probably shouldn't exist, but they're doing something there, and now it's just, as you said, Saturday Night May uh, whatever. Uh, superstars. Yeah, WWE superstars or whatever Old it is. Old school, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a blast. Uh, really glad to be here. Hassel will be out here later, and we'll be doing two guys named Chris from here tomorrow. And thanks for everything. This is this is really cool. I I didn't know what we were coming into, and I'm really happy to be a part of this. And hopefully, I can um, win myself a championship in Survivor this year. Yeah, eight million dollars sound yeah. okay to you? Yeah. Here's the question: Would you still do the CW pod? Absolutely. If you okay. Absolutely. That's what I, I just wanted to make sure. We didn't want to get your I, head too big. I do it because I love it. Yeah. No, I'm in, and this this is neat, and I'm looking forward to Week Zero too. I'm a I'm a college football guy at heart. Do you have any plays for Week Zero yet? Not yet. I'll probably play a lot of underdogs though. Would be my guess. Just yeah. I'm really interested in the unders, just because you yes. know, the 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 no uh, funny. clocks after the no clock stoppage after first down. Palm and I just talked about that. Yeah. That was the one thing I wanted to talk to Palm about was these early unders. Like we, you know, the the odds makers are baking that into it, but no one knows how much to bake into it. So well, and I I, I just think too my my big thing is these these underdogs that really want to shorten games. Yeah. Like, you can manipulate that a little bit now. The Navy game's so fascinating to me. because I'm, I'm playing Navy. I'll play. But I want it to get the, over 21. Here's the one thing. Of, oh, if it gets over 21, 100%. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm sitting and waiting for. I've had a... I'm hoping the public pounds Notre Dame. Yeah. I've had a... I don't even know if it's a factual theory, but it's just felt correct. Fade Navy in week one because teams have longer to prep for the triple option. No, that's that's legit. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of a bowl game. Yeah, like midseason, take Navy every time. Mm -hmm. First week, yeah, you kind of fade Navy just because teams are prepping all it, August for the triple option. Yeah, Notre Dame's weird. It's like they've got really good quarterback play now. Yep, Freeman like. Freeman and Venables are like the guys to me. It's like, can either one of those guys afford to be average? No. Again. No. You know? Yeah. Especially like Navy's deals or Notre Dame's deals just fascinating to me too. It's like with the television contract coming up. Like they need to be good. They do need to be good. And just the way everything happened, like, yeah. you know, he's not beloved there right now. So if it's... No. But... You know they're supposed to be good, or at least pretty good. So I guess the question is, how good they, do they were have really to be? good. Remember against Ohio State yeah. in that week one, and then they what they lose like Marshall in week two. So I don't know. Yeah, like the, I, I mean the question is, is a nine or ten win season okay? Or because I, I believe their win totals nine. So yeah, I've been digging into these win totals. I got it's been a rough year to be in the off season in the state of Iowa. So I'm glad yeah. that kind <laughs> yeah, of all you, that's no, getting nothing, nothing's happened oh, there, right? Jeez, it's been. <laughs> It's been something. So I, I was telling Aiden last night when we were walking around that it's been good to – this is a good time for me to get out here and just really just shut everything else down, focus on football, Yep. and uh, we're going to have a great year. So hey, thanks great, for everything. Great football. Absolutely. Looking forward to uh, partnering with you over at Barcanda. Yes. Be there in, uh, what, three hours, four hours from Perfect. Now. Something like that. Aaron Oster from uh, Circa, we appreciate him stopping by. He is an AEW wrestling guru. My, our other buddy, uh, Ted, coming out here is a huge AEW guy, too, so you guys will have to get together and – in chat, but that's that's coming up from Wembley on uh, Sunday. That's like it'll be like Sunday morning at like nine here in in Las Vegas. That concludes today's CW pod. A little bit longer one than normal. We just went an hour and a half.
But really good stuff. Chad Lysko was on. Uh, a few Iowa and Big Ten fans missed that from earlier. Mike Palm was phenomenal. As always, you can hear him with Ken Miller every week here on Iowa Everywhere with The Hook. And if you haven't checked out our new shows, I would encourage you to do, do so. Firmly entrenched Nick Osen and Jake Brind are hosting that one. Scott Docterman and Chad Lystico with legends and listeners. Both weekly now here on Iowa Everywhere. Aiden, uh, Wyatt, intern Aiden, is about ready to experience Las Vegas. Last night didn't count. We got caught in a monsoon in Las Vegas. Walking around, dry heat. You got these women. Yeah, you know, all these women, that's what they do. They, they want you to give them like $20. You want a picture? Yeah, no, I don't want a picture with you. Leave me alone. I'd like the sixth one comes up to us last night. I said, Aiden, I'm about to hold your hand. <laughs> so they leave us alone. And then it just downpours on us. We were really lucky, too, because we were right next to a casino that we could right, hop in. Yeah. And then we went to one of those undercarriage things where we didn't have to get. But we're driving back to Circa, and it's just flooding everywhere. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how, the, how our Uber driver saw the road. It was awful. I couldn't see anything out the windshield. Yeah. It was freaking crazy. I would I would make a small wager that there will not be another monsoon tonight. Chances are not happening. Hassel's going to be getting in here anytime. Appreciate all of you guys from watching. Man, uh, this is a thrill for us to be out here and to be a part of all of this that they've got going on at Circa. Again, there's over like 30 media outlets here that are doing previews for the ultimate, calling it the ultimate contest weekend. Maybe you're coming out here uh, to Vegas. You can come find us in the Galaxy Ballroom, uh, second, third floor of Circa. Uh, it's open to the public. Anybody can come. And we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be live here. Two guys named Chris will be 1 o'clock Iowa time. We're going to have our regular show. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Subscribe and follow us at all of our social media platforms. For Aiden Wyatt, my name is Chris Williams. We'll be back tomorrow with two guys named Chris at 1 o'clock. Iowa everywhere.